What's up, everybody? Welcome to Talk It Out Podcast. This is your girl, Gabby. And KT. And we are back with another episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our last episode. I already forget what it was about, but I thank you for listening to it and for sharing it with your friends. Don't forget to hit us up on social media, facebook.com slash talkitoutpodcast, instagram.com slash talkitoutpodcast, and Twitter at talkitout underscore pod. We have a special guest coming all the way from Memphis, Tennessee. We got Marissa on the show today. Everybody give it up for Marissa. You can go ahead and... And tell everybody a little bit about yourself and uh, what you're doing and whatever else you want to disclose. Hey guys, this is Marissa Kaiser. Um, I'm super excited to be on the podcast today. I love listening to it and I'm excited to get to talk with Gabby and KT. Um, you can find me on Instagram at, at Marissa Kaiser. Um, that's where I share um my etsy store that i'll be talking about in a little bit um and where you can keep up with everything that i'm doing and uh add your voice to the conversation that we're having today yes and um okay i told y'all that the pad and tampon thing was going on until the 25th today is the 25th but i think we're going to extend it for one more week because um we ain't finna go out and buy that stuff until next week. So we might as well just go on and we, we got another week. Uh, if you want to donate, paypal.me slash talk it out or cash app at dollar sign talk it out podcast. All right. Do you have something to say? No, I was just going to say, like, we should tell the story as to how we met Marissa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some people know, some people don't. Okay, so we got into a little, a little, alter- not no, altercation, a little debate on instagram one time with another memphis podcast and marissa was there and she was kind of you know on our side so i was like okay and i was liking her stuff and it kind of started an even more bigger debate but right but but it became now you see what happened now she's on the show so some things happen for a reason so um (laughs) we're we're happy for that debate that happened all right (laughs) So, yeah. <laughs> all right, let's get right into this conversation. Um, so, I've been seeing on your Instagram, go follow her on Instagram, that you have started, is it like what you call a campaign or uh, or something like that uh, called yeah. Choose All 901? Can you tell everybody a little bit about what that is about and why you started it? Yeah, so it is kind of a campaign. It's an Etsy shop right now. Um with digital downloads and then I have prints that I can um, give to people as well but um, yeah it's choose all of 901 um, and basically it started out of a lot of conversations that I was having with different people who were like man there's a lot about Memphis that we feel like is not represented in the general discourse about Memphis Um, there's kind of a big reaction to Uh, the history of Memphis being considered like a very violent city. And so now people are like, oh, now it's super awesome and safe. And now we can get $10 tacos at every corner. Um, And so there's there's this idea that's been circulating for maybe a year in my circles, um, this idea of the tale of two cities and how there's like, 
the stuff that's out in public and that everyone wants to advertise. And then there's like the real activism, street level stuff going on that's not really being addressed mm-hmm. in a lot of meaningful ways. Um, we saw this a lot with the MLK 50 where I think um, on that day there were some like protests and different yeah. things going on on um, like a grassroots level. And then there was like the corporate stuff um, where there was like the big rallies and then all these people uh, were like, oh, yeah, MLK is awesome. Like we definitely wouldn't lock our doors if he walked by us today. Like, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like we're we're down with him, and so um, so I wanted to start uh, making these prints just as a way to really generate conversations about um, kind of this uh, difference in views of Memphis, um, because and part of it is that. Memphis is such a microcosm of some of these issues because, like, you can't talk about the civil rights movement without talking about Memphis. Mm -hmm. And so you really, it's situated within these larger conversations about what does it mean to be white? What does it mean to be black? What does it mean to live in community? What does it mean to be a neighbor? What does it mean to pursue diversity um, without, like being a performative ally, like how do we have real allyship, like all these different things, like how do we not gentrify spaces, but also make them livable? I really wanted just to have space to to talk about these issues. I I love that because it's something I definitely, I'm always talking about with KT. Whenever I go past Crosstown, that's the first thing I start. I just talk about like how now, I know we, we talk about gentrification, and it's just so apparent now, because I remember, like, I grew up around that, that neighborhood, and I remember there was a time where some folks wouldn't be caught dead walking down that, walking down uh, North Cleveland at night. But now you see, like, people walking with their little dogs, uh, jogging <laughs> at, like, 12 a.m. I'm like, okay, what, what is what is going on with their bikes and their <laughs> white dreads? Um, but but it is interesting that, like you said, it's kind of been a rebranding of Memphis. And like I said, I don't have anything wrong about revitalizing the city because this is a we are a poor city. Like statistically, we're we're in poverty. The, the schools are bad. I have nothing wrong with um, trying to make it better. Of course, the the problem is when you start to erase. Uh, people, you you start to erase um different backgrounds and different neighborhoods, and you only show certain parts of it because you want to be appealing to outsiders and stuff like that. And that's that's what I don't like because when when you when people say choose nine hundred one, they're talking about choose Midtown, uh, choose the really good parts of downtown, um, choose uh Germantown, Cordova, um stuff like that they're not they're not really talking about those those yeah those problem areas they they try to cover that up you know so i definitely think that's that's a good um deal that you're doing and i like it what what do you think katie yeah i agree i think it's really interesting and um like this weekend gabby and i were i'm i'm looking i actually live in arkansas right now but i'm looking to move to memphis and we were like looking at apartments and stuff like in the hickory hill area for me and um like we went down there and 
like completely blew my mind because it's like you said it's not what they show you know what i'm saying it's not what memphis is is has been rebranded as um there are apartments there that are literally looking like they're gonna be caved in and there are people that still live in it and to me like that's crazy um like and and on top of the apartments being like that, you can see like where they have the green line like already painted on the on the <laughs> pavement. So it's like so you had time to paint these green lines for people to ride their bikes on all the way throughout Memphis and all this crazy stuff, but you cannot provide somebody affordable housing. Um, housing it don't look like it's about to be that it's, it's been bombed. Like I, I went to my old neighborhood where I grew up. And when I tell you that place looked like a dystopian yeah. place, like literally, windows broken in, they they removed the whole section of, of housing and stuff all all over. It literally looked like something you see in a movie in a zombie apocalypse. But people and people still were still living, living there. there. It that was it was really sad. I know. But, yeah, we get we get money for some things, but not for. I, which is really that's it's just interesting interesting to me you know you just kind of side eye at memphis like because of that you've got this huge gigantic crosstown that they're just like okay this is great for memphis we have people who are going there and creating art and we have all of this and blah blah blah, blah. like we have the, near the college where we have all these great places that you can go on these vegan places that you know um definitely looks good for me and Gabby because we love vegan. Um, so it's just like, then you go to the other places and those places are not being talked about at all. Or yeah. even cared for, right. Yeah, completely, that's true. And I think too, like, I know specifically, like, being in the Bible Belt, um, there's also, like, on the one hand, there's people ignoring these spaces. And on the other hand, there's people who are like, oh, we need to save these places. And uh, like, I lived in Binghampton for almost two years. And when I moved in, probably like a fourth of the street was like white people from yeah. churches who were like doing ministry. And by the time I left, I mean, so many people who had been there for decades had had to move out. Um, and, and people were just flooding. And so wow. by the time I like all white people who are like having their worship services <laughs> okay well that's not really that great either <laughs> yeah yeah that reminds me of um i mean it's not that but like they come under the guise of missionary work but then they're getting this cheap housing and they're, they're revitalizing it and like you said because of gentrification the folks that could afford to live there now can't. And it's like, whatever work you thought you were doing, you're doing the opposite. Because the folks ain't even there that you're supposed to be preaching to now. Now it's yeah. just your own little community of hipster people. But Yeah, exactly. That's how they do. But yeah, I think I worked, uh, my school, we had some stuff over there. And we worked with some of them folks over there when I was in high school. So, <laughs> nice. <Yes. laughs> were they nice? Like... I don't remember. <laughs> But yeah, um, okay, choose 901. So on your, your prints, you have different, different sayings. Like, can you go through some of the things that you say on there? I know there's, there's a part where you name different neighborhoods. There's a part where you name, like, different identities and stuff like that. You kind of go through some of, some of that. Yeah. Part. So one of them is, like, choose Binghampton, choose uh, Hickory Hill, choose Raleigh, choose, choose Frazier, 
uh, choose the medical district. Um, and then the other one that I have right now is like choose black 901, choose immigrant 901, choose Muslim 901, choose trans 901. Um, yeah, and all those different identities. I want the art. <laughs> I want to buy it. <laughs> I know, it started as like such a joke, just like me and my roommate were like, oh, like we should make these. And then people, like we would have them hanging in our house and people would be like, oh my goodness, like this resonates so much. That's what I love about it too, is like whenever people are on board, I'm like, these are my people, like you get it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know, you know, I love it, and I love, uh, if, especially if the area is Memphis is predominantly black, and we are so th- those people should be seen. It shouldn't be, you know, cause you're not you're not representing the totality of the city. And then we have a a lot of LGBTQ AI people. We have a big trans community in Memphis. These people need to be seen. So I, I'm I'm all for it 100%. And if we're going to make a better Memphis, we got to be honest about, about we got to be honest about Memphis. And we have to be willing to listen to everybody that's a part of there, not just the rich people, not just the white folks, not just the straight Christian people. So I'm all yeah, for it 100%. The, the evangelicals. And I yeah. That's been a big topic of conversation since I released them is this whole idea of like, how are we branding Memphis? Because I think some people have been like, but Memphis is awesome. Um, And like, there are so many awesome things. And so it's not authentic to say that it's not awesome. Mm -hmm. And, um, And so there's this conversation about like, does authentic have to mean negative? which no, but also like when you talk about Memphis being good, you have to consider who is it good for? Like, is it good for the white people who like weren't kicked out of their neighborhoods 50 years ago or is it good for everyone? And like, if the purpose of this rebranding effort is to attract millennials, like in every, like in millennial branding 101 is millennials want authenticity and we want, to like get a have a cause to be behind and so if you're like everything is awesome like come work at our big new corporate building like (laughs) not not authentic and like that's not really exciting (laughs) right right it's it's interesting though when you talk about they they are trying to attract millennials but it's millennials of a certain socioeconomic status because we got a lot of millennials here now and we're yeah. struggling to find jobs that are actually paying a livable wage. Yeah. And mm-hmm. these these are folks with degrees and stuff like that. So they're they're going out of that's what it doesn't get me. They're going out of their way to find these other millennials to work for these jobs when they have so many here that are um at best working at a warehouse, at best working some retail or something like that. Like there's there's no real initiative to help the folks that's in Memphis. Do yeah. what they're trying to do. But everybody got an opinion about it. That's just how it works. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, like the mayor and stuff like that. Like, everyone's got an opinion about what we should do and this and this and this. But they can't ever agree on anything that actually helps or works. Yeah, or, like, ask the people who they're trying to, like, yeah. help. <laughs> yeah, quote, unquote, help. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's like, what's the point of attracting new people if we're not paying attention to the people already here? Exactly. That's none. None, none, none. 
Well, <sighs> all you can do is just shake your head. Exactly. Help, help them. All right. Well, that's enough of depressing stuff. Well, actually, we're going to get more depressing. Kendrick Lamar, because I told everybody, and I told y'all this like a year ago, Kendrick Lamar was trash. Nobody listened to me, but that's fine. Anyways, he, a report came out, he threatened to pull himself, all his music, out of Spotify because Spotify removed XXTentacion from its, like, main playlist. And if you don't know, XXTentacion has been in some legal stuff um accusations of him uh beating on his girlfriend threatening to uh commit violence against her when when she was pregnant there's a lot of trashness and so they're saying um we don't condone this they also pull r kelly off of that we'll talk about that in a second so kendrick lamar is saying i'm standing by this my brother i'm going to remove my music if you don't put him back on and now they have put xx tentacion back on um I'm not going to let y'all speak, like, in the black, black way. But just tell me, as far as feminism, how, did, what, how does that make you feel? That a, a man is standing behind an abuser instead of taking a stand when he's supposed to be so woke and progressive? All I got to say is, not surprised, <laughs> it's Kendrick Lamar. Like, did you, uh, did, was I supposed to be surprised or, I, I'm, I'm not surprised. Um, he is held as, you know, someone who is very woke, um, him and J. Cole, but that's another story. Um, but I don't think he is, and I don't think he really, like, he's doing this so that he can get that money. He's not doing this so that he can. I, I don't think that he's genuine in in his uh, his uh, social justice that he does. Oh, I'm sorry. okay. What, what do you think, Marinda? Yeah, I definitely. It's definitely not surprising. Um, and I think, like, I'd love to hear your opinion on this because I think it kind of goes back to the discussion that uh, we had that first introduced me to y'all is how do we, I don't know, like, I feel like as a white person, and I know you said maybe we don't want to talk about race, but I, my big thought about this is I think as a white person, like, we feel super woke if we're listening to, like, hip-hop or whatever, Mm -hmm. Um, and... And there's kind of, but then when you listen to it and you're like, wait, this is really belittling black women or women in general, depending. And so it's like, how do we, there's this question of how do we say like, okay, yes, black lives matter, black men's lives matter. Like, don't shoot them. Like, don't, you know, don't stop and frisk. Like, we don't need this law and order. But also, how do we, um how do we protect and center these women in these conversations? And um, and I feel like that could have been a space maybe where Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar was like, yeah, like, you know, brotherhood, but also um, we can't be treating women this way. And I'm going to use my platform to say, hey, this isn't okay, like time's up or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so it definitely feels like a missed opportunity and, but yeah, some confusion, I feel like for me as a white person on the race issue, 
um, the race aspect of this. So I'd love to hear your your thoughts on any of that. Right. Well, like I've already said, Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole, they're not woke to me because they still refer to women as, as bitches and hoes and they still uh, use gay slurs and all that stuff and their sexes is I don't know what. So I, I never considered them as woke. So that's why I'm not surprised. Um, it, it just super duper trash. Like like even J. Cole has said, oh, I just love excess tentacion. Like why would you say that? Especially right after all these accusations and stuff have come out. So that just shows me, we talk about it all the time, black empowerment is very male-centered. I mean, it, sexism rules everywhere. It rules in black communities, white communities, the whole world. So a lot of times when folks are talking about black empowerment or when they're deemed woke, they can still be sexist as I don't know what, a.k.a. Donald Glover. So, um, like you said, um, I think it's kind of, as far as white women talking about misogyny in music, um, in, in rap, I mean, it can be talked about, but I think you kind of just kind of you know, look at your boundaries and stuff. Don't overstep them. Because black women are already talking about it for the most part. So, I mean, if, if you want to add a little a little something, that's okay. But we're talking about it. And, and I that's that's been one of the struggles ever since hip-hop has been created. How can you be a feminist and uh, listen to hip-hop music, which is constantly degrading you and this, that, and the other? I think sometimes, I mean, even me, I listen to Young Thug, and he's super misogynistic. Sometimes you just... You just take it for what it is, and you don't really, you don't really, you know, process it. But when it comes to things like this, where people are actually making statements about it, then you gotta say something about it. Like Kendrick Lamar was trash for this, and um, I'm, I, I definitely, I don't support him, and I don't want nobody else to support him. But you can do what you want to do. But this also brings us into R. Kelly because R. Kelly's music was removed from those playlists as well. And he posted something, a screenshot that said his his plays have almost quadrupled. He posted something saying, no weapon formed against me to prosper. Yeah, <laughs> some, some kind of like bubble stuff. Ah, and, and oh, that just made my, my, my blood boil. What, what are, you, are you surprised about that? Are you surprised that R. Kelly's music, as soon as it got taken off the playlist, people start listening to it even more? What do you, what do you think? No. <laughs> Why are you not surprised? Oh, no, I'm just not surprised that uh, R. Kelly would even post that. And then that there were people in the comments saying, oh, my God could do it. <laughs> like, I was just like, what in the hell is going on here? Don't let nobody tell you nothing only god can get you through this and their lies that they've been getting towards you which it brings us to a whole different conversation but it's just like to me um r kelly is trash he's always been trash and the people that are still standing behind him is just really really interesting it's just interesting to me that people will still continue to, you know, stand behind someone who has even been uh, convicted or maybe not even convicted, but has all of these stories that have came out. Like I was reading the, the comments on that post and there were people in the comments that were saying, you know, in Chicago, where he's from, he would post up at people's schools um, so that he could like prey on, on young girls. And so... Um, People that are, are still continuing to stand behind him and Bill Cosby are, I would say, almost as bad as they are. I mean, if I'm real. Yeah, I agree. 
What about you, Marissa? Yeah, I think definitely it's trashy and disgusting, and it's such a product of, you know, patriarchy and sexism and all these things that they're banding behind uh, each other, and they're kind of like creating this network of silence and um it's just it's not okay and I think uh I don't know how you know accountability should be maintained you know is pulling people's music the best way to hold them accountable um or you know is there some other way but I think definitely um there's not enough being done to to advocate for the victims of these people and to say like hey this behavior is not okay i think in my conversations with white people they're like oh but but you can't say that like you can't say um that these black men are not doing the right thing cuz you got to you got to be woke but it's like i think <laughs> like but it's like that's not that's not womanist like that's not yeah. that's centering the women and the victims of these uh, these crimes and this misogyny. Right, that's so. crazy. Now, th- now that's kind of what it comes into sometimes. It's like uh, people I understand you. Like I said, you have to have boundaries, but then again, you also got to just look at what's going on. You can't say it's not woke to criticize black men when the victims are black women who are disproportionately treated bad in no matter what community. So, yeah. you know, I ain't wrong with standing up for that. Um, what was I going to say? Um, as far as them pulling him off the playlist, I kind of knew that because of that, people were going to say, oh, well, let's do this for R. Kelly, justice for R. Kelly. Or some people might just do it just out of spite, you know, to support him. But it just shows you how deep this rape culture stuff is because um when the morgan freeman stuff came out people said let's wait to hear the facts don't go on uh don't go quick too quick condemning the man which is true but r kelly this has been going on since Aaliyah was alive in the 90s that was like 20 almost 30 some years ago bill cosby it's been 50 something years if you are still on the fence about this, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. And that's pretty much what it comes down to. These people, no matter what type of evidence, no matter if somebody they like have videotape of it, people are not going to believe the victims. And that's just we just have to come to that fact. Like that's why they're always like, well, why did they take so long? Or they're just doing it for money. Or they they come with any excuse because eventually it just comes down to they're they're never going to believe those victims. Because their their heart are so set on defending men that facts and proof just they mean nothing. So it's 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 messed up. It really is. It's kind of like the flat earthers, like even with proof, never believes it. Oh my goodness! <sighs> I think it's um I heard this crazy statistic. Maybe maybe y'all have heard it too. But a couple months ago, someone told me that um like. The overwhelming majority of people who buy hip hop music or R and B or, or um, black music um, are middle class white people, and so it's like so fascinating to me, just specifically within this idea of Spotify and like pulling that. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like 
if white middle class people are the ones with the buying power in this area, like, it feels like we have some kind of responsibility in this to be like, hey, like, I don't know, like, I haven't heard any responses to that being like, yeah, like, you know, we are, we're not going to support this if this kind of music is on there. And then, you know, of course, Spotify can't monitor every word and every action of every artist, but, you know, they haven't pulled brand new or like, you know, white hipster artists. Yeah. Um, and so it's just interesting. I feel like it, you know, it's so multifaceted. There's the rape culture and then there's like the race aspect mm-hmm. and the money and the uh, like culture, like hip hop culture aspect and who that affects. Um, yeah. That is interesting though. That I mean, as far as just the facts that the two people that they pulled were black men. They both did terrible things. But there's also other artists of other races and other genres who also have done terrible things. So we can have the conversation saying they're terrible and trash, but we can also have the conversation saying why just picking those two at the same time. It's interesting. I I, I do want to know their reasoning behind picking R. Kelly and XX Tentacion. I mean, I guess they're the biggest stories in the news right now or something or what? message them at spotify right now on twitter at spotify why only r kelly and x but here, here's just what's gonna happen like all the men in this are gonna come right that's right because if that's the case they need to move no we don't want it we don't want to track those people we have to just email them <laughs> because you know what's gonna happen all right so the last thing we're gonna talk about is um harvey weinstein or stein whatever his name is who cares anyways <laughs> he has been let me let me pull it up and pull up the stats He has been released on a $1 million bail after being charged in New York with rape and sexual abuse. So they finally, um, he finally got charged. And, um, well, he's been released because he's rich and that's the way the, the, the system works. But, um, what do y'all feel about that? Did y'all think he was going to be charged or did you know eventually something was going to happen? He actually turned himself in. Yeah, he actually turned himself in. So, like, all those people were like, he didn't do it, he didn't do it. All these people are lying, all these people are lying. Like, right there is your proof, man. He turned himself in. He is guilty. He did it. He did it, okay? It has nothing to do with you believing the victim now. He has admitted, just as Bill Cosby admitted, but y'all probably still not going to believe them. Um, also, I think that, uh, like the $1 million bill, I think that's real funny because that's like, for him, I'm sure that's not a lot of money at all. Um, and so because they, they had such a, you know, like a low bond, then that makes it like, oh, well, we don't really care. We're just kind of throwing him there. Like, that's really it. Um, that's probably why it's he knew he could pay it out. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know. Like, it's just a wreck. It's just a whole wreck. And I'm just glad that, um, I'm just, I'm just glad that people are now not going to be able to say, well, what about Harvey Weinstein when they're talking about, uh, rape victims of Bill Cosby? Cause I'm tired of hearing that same old shit all the time. 
oh, well, what about all the white people that did all this blah, blah, blah? It, like, it's just, ugh. Like, can you not just believe a victim and, and not talk about other people as well? Were you surprised? Was I surprised? Nope. You weren't surprised that he uh, got charged? Was I surprised that he got charged? No, because of the way the media has has done it. Like, everyone from the beginning has said, oh, he's guilty. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. No, I'm not surprised. What about you, Marissa? And uh, what I was reading from the New York Times um, is that I don't – it made it seem like he hasn't been, like, totally convicted yet. And his attorney was like – I think his quote was, um, it's going to be really hard to get the jury, um, or he was like, we, like, our jury isn't going to be made up only of people who are consumed by the Me Too movement. Like, those were his words. And so he was like, I really don't think he's going to be charged and um, just making, like, I was like, he turned himself in. Like, why can't that be enough. I mean, I know that's not how the legal system works, but also his statement was super idiotic. Like it's, ugh. it's, he just doesn't, they don't want to believe the victims and they're just trying to protect him. And yeah, the whole bail th- or bond thing was so stupid. He just, he, they were like, Oh, it's going to be 10 million. But if you pay with cash, it's 1 million. How and so he just work? It just, like, handed them a cashier's check and walked out the employee exit. I was like, this is, what in the world? How does that happen? It, it would be that like trying to go to the gas station or something and, and tell them, hey, I, I want 20 on 10, but I'm going to use my debit card. And then they say, you know what? I'll give you $20 worth of gas for $1 if you use cash. Like Exactly. And, like, he, they're not holding him. Like, he's still free to wander. Mm-hmm. He, like, they let him go. I'm like, they were like, oh, he can only be in Connecticut and New York. Like, that's a, bi- that's a big space. What is this? Uh, craziness. <sighs> well, as far as, let me see. Am I surprised? I mean, when I first heard about it, I was a little surprised. I was like, okay, what? But then I was like. You do have to think about the people that spoke out. Like, all of them were super-duper rich and powerful. It was just so many powerful people that eventually, like, something had to give. It wasn't, no, they weren't regular regular folks, you know what I'm saying? Uh, they had lots of money, and they had the media behind them. So, eventually something was going to happen. But, I, like I said, I'm super-duper glad that this has happened. Like KT said, nobody can bring up Harvey Weinstein and their little... Uh, trying to defend Bill Cosby, and then it also shows that the Me Too movement is not, like some people just say it's some um, campaign to get seen and, you know, just something to, to get folks' attention, you know, just to get fame and stuff like that because people are, people are really getting convicted because of, because of this stuff, because it's real, you know. It's not like some liberal agenda type deal. So, oh, it's, um, it will still be a liberal. I mean, even though Harvey Weinstein is a, he's a, wasn't he like a liberal? He's a big Democrat person. It'll still be a liberal. Okay. But I, I, I'm, I'm glad that justice, I don't know if he's going to get convicted, but I'm just glad that justice is, is doing its thing for now. So, um, I think it's a good look. Hopefully he can get convicted. Yeah. Um, well, we got our fingers and toes crossed. It's all, it's all we can do. All right. Yeah. So, uh, was that it? That was it. 
All right, guys. So, uh, as a reminder, we do still have our pad and tampon drive going on right now. And uh, if you can, please donate. One dollar can save a life here in Memphis. A life, yes. Uh, just as a reminder, if you wear pads and tampons longer than they are supposed to be used for, they can become toxic and kill you. This has happened before. Uh, you can look up statistics on www.google.com in regards to this. Um, so, again, as a reminder, we do still have our pads and tampons drive going on. And if you would like to donate, please donate at paypal.me slash talkitout or cash app dollar sign talkitoutpodcast. And, Gabby, you want to go ahead and wrap us up? Alright, don't forget guys, tweet us up on our social media, Facebook at Talk It Out Podcast, Instagram at Talk It Out Podcast, and Twitter at Talk It Out underscore pie. Use the hashtag Talk It Out Pie for a retweet. And make sure you go follow Marissa at, at Marissa Kaiser on Instagram. That's where all the aesthetic stuff is. And also Marissa Kaiser on Facebook. And I think that's all that I have. All right, social media wise. Follow her, follow her, follow her, let her know that we sent you. And I think that's going to be it. This has been your girl, Gabby. Okay. And our special guest, uh, Marissa. And this has been Talk It Out. Podcast.